the pharmaceutical industry is a one point trillion dollar industry. Trillion with a TR, not a B, not an M. Trillion. I'm not saying that medication is not needed. I'm not saying that medication is not a necessity, but all the medication is not really medication. It's really not helping people. If you listen to all these commercials, they never say cure, they say helps deal with symptoms of. So apparently we're not getting to the cause of it. We're just gonna put duct tape on it. So if you think about that, let's just go with 10%. If 10% of the people that were taking these medications cured themselves and actually got to the root cause before they needed the medication, that's $130 billion at just 10%. The whole industry would collapse. Jackie Reed, Emmy Award-winning journalist, longtime TV and radio host, and vegan. I created this podcast to give you tips on how easy, delicious, inexpensive, healthy, and fun eating vegan can be. We'll also talk wellness and how we can make the world a better place. This is the Vegan Sexy Cool Podcast. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in today. My guest, John Lewis, never had the opportunity to meet the late great congressman who shared his name, but he spent years being inspired by the legend. John, also known as Badass Vegan, grew up in a very unhealthy environment. It was a neighborhood in Ferguson, Missouri, where poverty, drugs, and crime were plentiful, yet access to healthy food was not. As a young teenager, bad eating habits had him weighing more than 300 pounds. Over the years, he managed to lose that weight and took on some new habits that included fitness and veganism. Now John wants to uncover the businesses and government policy that is keeping Black Americans unhealthy. We'll get to see what he finds in a new documentary called They Are Trying to Kill Us, which also focuses on how veganism can help Black people turn their health around. about about you and I want to start off talking about um just racial injustice and how you're doing with all of that particularly as a black man in America um how you are you yourself how you're doing how are you processing all of this that's going on sad I guess this is sadly I'm actually okay right now I and it's because I've grown up around it for so yeah. long it's and it's it's crazy because like I just heard you know Somebody talking yesterday was like, I'm numb. Like I'm I'm and I don't want to be numb though. I don't that's the thing, I don't want to be numb, but I am. Like I, I grew up in Ferguson, like where Mike Brown was killed. I've been around this I'm 43 now. I've been around this for years, years and years and years, you know, like it's just it's just crazy. But I don't want to become numb to the point where I just say, Oh, okay, it's still happening. It's like, no, no, no. The only way to make it go away is it has to be spoken about. Um, and I believe that one of the biggest things, and I tell people all the time, is that racism is never going to die. Let's be honest. It's not going to die. But until we shun the actions of racist people, the racist actions can stop. Can be, they can be racist in their home. I do what you want. But the thing is now they're comfortable with it, uh, applying it to somebody else. Right. And that's, you know... You know, it's wrong regardless, but it's, it's more wrong because it's actually affecting people. 
And I think we got to keep talking about it. We got to keep saying it. And, you know, I, I, I said, uh, I had a good friend made this comment to me once and I made a post about it. And he said, you know, who's really, he said, for all the people that are tired of hearing about racism, you know, who's really tired about hearing about racism? The people who got to live through racism. It was like, oh, yes, yeah. people, well, you're tired of hearing about it. They tired of living through it. Right. So uh, my mom, you know, for me uh, to give backstory, uh, backstory is like, my mom picked cotton as a kid. You know, like I figured, I, I think to myself, like, yeah, she got paid two cents a day for it, but right. if somebody wouldn't have spoke up then, that would still be going on. Right. So it, it has to be talked about. You know, it, it's not good enough to be like, well, a percentage of this, you know, it's only this percentage that goes wrong. No, no, until it's zero percent, it's got to be talked about. Yeah, so, I yeah, agree. I, I'm at the point where, I'm still all in. I'm drained, but I'm all in. Yeah. Same. I'm exhausted by all of it, but I will never give in. I'll never give up. I'll never stop speaking out I'll against it and fighting. Never, never. I'll never just, you know, be the Herschel Walker of <laughs> the world and just. Whoo. I, man, I see something. Like, yo, I used to love him as an athlete. Right? Yo, he just changed everything for me, bro. Like, and and I, and I want people to understand. It, for me, it's not even a Republican, Democratic thing. I don't care what party a person is. No. If you are displaying hate, I'm done with you. Like I don't care. Like I, even if it's Democratic, I don't. I, I'm not a part of any party. I don't care. I would if if a. I would, I'm gonna be honest with you. If an actual Republican Party, good people, good people. I'm not talking about got a good show, got a good commercial out. Like a good track record. Yeah. I just starting yesterday. Like, oh well, I want to get votes, so let me start acting right now. Good track record came through and was like, yo, I'm this party. All right, let's go. Let's, this is what we need. We need Colin this. Colin Powell, right? Exactly. Cool. Exactly. But it's gotta be a good person from start to finish, not, oh man, you know what? I need these votes. You know, let me start. And I'm not saying you gotta be a perfect person. But, you know, it's too many people out there that know they did wrong and they won't even admit to the wrong. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. (laughs) Um, I do want to add, for people who don't know, you know, I called you John, and in the introduction, we go, you know, we we run through your story a little bit, who you are. Uh, The name John Lewis. We just lost the great congressman, John Lewis, and you posted a picture of the two of you side by side when he was much younger. You about five years ago. You all do favor remarkably. It got me. It got it, me. Like I, it's stunning. But I've I never paid attention to it. It, it. it just really just blew me away when I looked at that. But the message that you wrote, what you posted, the words along with that picture were so moving. And it's the story of your name and how at one point you wanted to change your name. And I want you to tell this audience a little bit about that story, being born with the name John Lewis. Yeah, so I guess my Lewis name, the guy that kind of gave the family the name was not a good person. So I was at the point where, and I'm a big promoter of, if something ain't right, go fix it. Like, so I was gonna change my name. I was gonna, John, my mother's maiden name, I always tell people, I'm so hood that my mother's maiden name is hood. Like it, my mother's <laughs> maiden name is actually hood. So I was going to change it to hood. In fact, on my high school graduation uh, certificate, it says John Wesley Hood Lewis. Like, mm-hmm. so I, I've always loved my, you know, 
my mother's maiden name. And so I was just gonna change it back to that. And I had a mentor that was like, he said, man, you should look in that name and it's very powerful. And I, I didn't know anything about John Lewis. This was like 20 years ago. Yeah. So I started doing research about John Lewis and I just saw like, you know, like nobody's a perfect person. Yeah. But man, that, that man was pretty damn close. Like it was like everything, like you didn't have no controversy. You didn't have no, you know, tabloids. It was like anything that, that was bad about him was about people being mad that he spoke up. Right. Which told you who they were. Right. You know, and I just started really looking at that. And I was like, damn, man, there is power in his name. Like, I can redefine this name. Yeah. So that's why I kept it. And I, I we actually were trying to get him for the film. Um, and, then, you know, I, his nephew, I'm actually uh, friends with his nephew. Mm-hmm. and uh, we were trying to get done. That's when the whole prostate cancer actually kind of came about. And I was like, hey, man, like, I, I totally understand. He was like, no, man, I wish I could get him. I'm like, it's okay. Like, that's more yeah. important to take care of that. Um, and that's where it came from. And, I, and I always, I've always talked about, like, how, why I kept that name. And I, I just wanted to share more of it once, it, you know, once this passing happened. And, uh, and it's so interesting, though, like, it's to the point where, I had somebody on a post and I, I, I started tagging my name, like to keep his legacy going too, as well as mine. And I was like, yeah. John Lewis, Midnight Motivation. And some lady was like, um, I can't find where he actually said this. I've tried to search and find. I was like, no, my, my name is actually John Lewis. And she's <laughs> like, oh, and I'm like, in a way I was like, okay, it's cool. You wanted to research it. I'm like, but who has that much time to go, see if the quote was like on point like i was like and man like yeah but yeah that that's where it came from uh you know love the man for everything he's done and and i i I promise you know to keep the torch going as long as i can yeah yeah I, i i respect that i appreciate that um and i love that your name is john lewis and i think it's fitting to the life that you're living um, so I want to ask you, I want to get right into, um, Hungry for Justice because it tells, I haven't seen the film yet, just a trailer, but it tells so much of this. It's really your story, the story of your life. And it's about, um, you know, food justice and racism and, and so many, um, things that you, uh, bring together beautifully, I, I believe, um, for this film. So it's called Hungry for Justice. Was it called They're Trying to Kill Us at one point? Well, actually, it was called Hungry for Justice at one point. And, and now is it they're trying to kill us? Yeah, now is they're trying okay. to kill us. Okay. So what happened was, we, we what had happened, <laughs> what <laughs> happened was, we had always planned to call it they're trying to kill us. But it was coming across a little too aggressive to some people. So we were like, all right, we got an idea. You know, we were talking to these agents to get these people on the film and this and that, you right, know. Right, right. First of all, a lot of agents they aren't vegan themselves or whatever the case is. So they don't care about this vegan documentary, but they hear Hungry for Justice. It was a little bit more, okay, let's talk about it. They're trying to kill us. They were like, no, 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 let's not talk about it. (laughs) So we changed it up. And then so right when we did the uh, Indiegogo campaign is when we launched the actual title of it. Um, And it went over very well because people, they know, they know the truth. Like even... Even when I get people now that say, oh, they're not trying to kill you, like this and that, I'm like, how do you know who us is? I didn't say any, you know, like that right there. I, like, <laughs> yeah. I didn't say who us was. You know, in reality, the 1% don't care if you're black or white. Is they, they, a white person being killed by the same actions, you just collateral damage. Yeah. But the system was put in place to harm black and brown people from day one. 
Yeah. Yeah. But talk a little bit more about that. Talk, tell us what we're going to see in this film, because you uncover some really interesting things. Um, it's a little investigative. Um, you know, you, you talk about, let, let's start it. Let's start with these uh, neighborhoods that are considered food deserts. Like what's, let's start with that aspect of they're trying to kill us. What's in these, um, you know, poor neighborhoods that's, um, that's working against the health of the residents there. There's, there's so many. One, one good example I always say is that, um, you know, everybody knows Hollywood. And that's why I use that as a reference. It's like, if you go to Hollywood right now, one thing you will not see is a McDonald's, a gun store, a check cash in place, a Bills bondsman. You don't see none of that. You go right outside of Hollywood, you got three or four Kentucky Fried Chickens, three or four McDonald's, and it's it's zoned that way. You know, it's it's put that way because they know that this is where this money is going to be spent the most of. And the reason why it's spent them that way is because we've been conditioned since slavery to eat a certain type of way. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't realize like when I when I graduated with my marketing degree. I never forget my teacher was like, well, we wish y'all luck. And we were like, what you mean? I thought, yeah, we got this. She's like, well, just so you know, most marketing, especially when it comes to food, they're not hiring marketers anymore. They're hiring psychologists. And I was like, what do you mean psychologists? She was like, yeah, you know, when you're watching that food commercial and you see that steam come off after five seconds of the sandwich and then you see the cheese melt at 15 seconds, that's all psychologists doing that. They know how the brain works. They know how the brain triggers. She's like, that's not marketing. And I was like, well, I wish you would have told me that before I picked this major, but, <laughs> you know, but that was very interesting to learn in that sense that it's all psychological. They know if you check out like the SOS, which is salt, oil, and sugar, mm-hmm. most of this processed items that you see out there has one or all three in it. And we're not even naming all the other things. And it's marketed towards people of color. They use hip hop, they use sports. What's, what's the predominant race in most sports? Black. Black. Yeah. Even, even baseball, which started off as a white man's sport. Basketball started off as a white man's sport. Give us a couple years for hockey and you know, for some other stuff, and it's gonna happen. Yeah. They know what they're doing. And so you start looking at like all these infusions of different corporations, different industries. It's like, why would a pharmaceutical company be invested into a fast food restaurant, which that's actually happening? It's like, why would you invest in that when you know, speaking, that if a person eats too much of this, they're going to need you, the insurance company, and you're going to deny them, most likely. I just, I just read a study that showed that the algorithms of some uh, insurance companies are basically racist. They didn't say it was programmed that way, but it's racist in the sense of if a white person was to show the same symptoms of a black person, the approval rating is so many times higher than that of a person of color with the same symptoms getting denied or getting approved treatment. Yeah. Yeah. Just just those little like symptomatic things. Right. Systematic, I'm sorry. Systematic things right there. Right. The systemic racism, I mean, it, it is what, you know, it, people will say, white people will say, oh, I'm just so tired of Black people talking about racism. Everything has to be about race, race, race. 
but everything, so much of what touches our lives goes through the lens of racism. You know, whether we're trying to buy a house, yeah. we're trying to, you know, uh, get a loan for anything, you know, whether we're trying medical care, yeah. the study that just came out that said more black babies die at the hands of white doctors as opposed exactly. to black doctors. I mean, it influences everybody. You know, those of us that are in the workforce, you know, our white counterparts are more than likely making more than us, you know, mm -hmm. keeping us from building wealth, right? Um, it, 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 you know, bank, I, I, don't get me started. It just yeah, it goes on, on and on. So people will hear me. So for you, and I, I say all this to say for you, you know, doing this investigative journalism kind of stuff, which I love, um, I guess it, I know it was important for you to get the receipts, right? Because people are going to come yeah. at you and say, that's not true. That's not happening. So how challenging was it for you, um, who didn't go to film school, right? Uh, didn't go to journalism school, right? Not an investigative background as far as I know. Tell me about what went into you, the work that had to go into making this film for you. It's funny, I, you just saying it made me really realize, like I, I didn't do any of that. And it's like, wow, I really had to like relearn. I had yeah. to relearn. Uh, and I'm, I'm very fortunate that I have a co-director that has, has done investigative films. Um, but again, a person himself who didn't, go to school for it. Uh, and he back, did What the Health. Yeah, What the Health. Keegan, he made What the Health, he made Cowspiracy as well, which are two largely successful films on, on Netflix. Um, a lot of people don't even know, he didn't even graduate to sixth grade. So he he's a brain. He's a brain. Like, I, I'm like, man, I wasted all this money. I still owe Sally Mae and you, get, <laughs> you got the sixth grade education and are a genius. Um, yeah, but, you got degrees. You got yeah, degrees. I got degrees. I'm, you know, I, I told my wife when we got married. I said, I just want you to know, it's another woman. Her name's Sally Mae, and <laughs> she's so, you know, so you know, she's gonna be calling at all hours and uh, <laughs> act like she run things. I just want you to know. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I did have to, I did have to relearn a lot of things. I, re I had to, because I, I, I learned and. In a good way and in a bad way, I learned how to skim read when I was in college. Uh, yeah. I had a professor that taught us how to like really skim through stuff. And I had to relearn that and now go back to, you know, you need to read every line of what's going on uh, within these letters. Because you'll find one little thing, you're like, wait a minute, that reminds me of this over here. Yeah. And then you start connecting and putting the dots together. And you're like, like we actually have some things in here that I've, I've never heard anybody talk about. Wow. Like like connections between industries, like what I said. Um, with the insurance company. No, I'm sorry. With insurance and pharmaceutical companies. Insurance, pharmaceutical, fast, and fast food. food. Yeah. Yeah. Like you got people on the boards. That I've never heard that. All three. Yeah. That's, that's, that's big. And, and we got name. We got receipts. We got name. Like, again, you got to make sure, you got to make sure you got the receipts. You got to make sure you have the proof, the evidence. Um, that was one thing when we started working together when we reference what the health I said, I do want to make sure that we got all the proof here. I don't want nobody coming in and saying, oh man, yeah, that ain't right. It's like, no, 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 this science, this is scientifically proven, historically proven, whatever kind of proof we need, it's right there, you go look for it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Now, if you don't want to go look for it and you just want to act mad, then that's that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Uh, you know, showing that, showing how like, 
I'm trying not to give it away too much, <laughs> but just showing so many things. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I, I, I get it. Uh, you, yeah, Joe Rogan, he's he's coming for you. As oh, as I, know, I, I can't wait. I'm going to dab Joe up, and then we're going to sit there and talk about what we got to talk about. And break know? it down, right? And yeah. I, I will, I'll say this in, in all fairness. I give Joe a little bit of credit, because while he'll talk trash about something, if it's laid out correctly to him, he will go, oh, damn, you're right, you're right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he might. He's opinionated, but he will go, damn, that was right. Yeah, you got me. That's right. That's true. That's, that's my whole goal. Like, for somebody to be like, no, this is not right. I'm like, but what if I can show you literally right here what they did? Yeah. Yeah. You know? So, and I know within, we don't want to give too much away, but as I was saying earlier, this is really, it tells your story as it uncovers all of these other things yeah. growing up in Ferguson. Uh, Ferguson, Missouri, you know, in this food desert, basically, not eating any vegetables that did not come out of a can, um, yeah. which is amazing. And it wasn't until you moved to Miami that you, for the first time, you know, had um, avocados and mangoes yeah. and a lot of yeah. fresh things that a lot of people may take for granted. Mm. Um, and I, I guess with this film, with this, you know, they're trying to kill us. Why was this something that you like what do you want the takeaway to be for people you know aside from oh these insurance companies you know the, the insurance companies and the fast food companies are working together against us like what what do you want the big takeaway to be the goal of my film is to for people to be feel empowered like at the end of the day like i want it to be there's so many documentaries out there that show you the problem but they don't show you the solution i want it to be solution based i want to show people like yeah there's this huge problem out here but i'm not going to leave you hanging this is how we can change our lives for the better and, and improve not only our lives, but our children's lives and change that generational trauma that's been going on. Um, but first it comes down to empowerment to them understanding that you do have control over what goes into your body. I think a lot of times we're like, well, they put this right here. It's a dollar. I'm going to get this dollar. It's like, yeah, but okay. Um, what if we try to provide a service? Like I'm working on that too, is I'm trying to provide a service that delivers meals and groceries to the hood, to uh, you know communities that don't have a grocery store within a mile. Because it, you know, there's so many different aspects that affect a family to not even know what a fresh product is. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I never had a mango until I moved to Miami. I had mango candy and mango soda, and yeah. I thought that was the original taste of mango. And I bit into a mango for the first time, and I, I'm honestly, I was blown away. Yeah. You know, an avocado, from where I came from, you said, like, I'm not eating that green thing. What are you talking about? It's, it's green, it's mushy, yeah. guacamole. That don't, why would I eat that? You know what I'm saying? And then, like, it's like, wow. Like, it starts to open the mind up. So that is something I want to do. And I, and I don't want people to have to pay for a service or anything like that. But I'm trying to actually provide something that will help. You know, because if you got a mother of one, and it doesn't even have to be a mother of five or six or a father, a single single parent period, that grocery store can be on a, a block away. They're probably still not going to walk to it. I've actually had meetings with uh, owners of Whole Foods. like, And I told them the same thing. You could build that Whole Foods right in the middle of the hood. And they're not coming. Because to get that kid ready to pull them out, put them in the car, put them in the stroller, put them on the back. By the time they get there, they're tired. And then they probably got to carry the kid. They can't take the buggy back with them. Right. So now you got all these problems. And if we provide a service that gets this to them, that's way more important 
than just putting a grocery store up next to them. You know, we got to use technology for what we have. You know, like if the industrialization of the world can't just go for TVs and furniture, it's like it's got to go help people too. So that's one of the biggest things I want to, I want to provide a service to where we get the food to these people. Yeah. Um, I'm still in talks with not just them, but other people in the pipeline to make sure that that, that happens. Well, I know you'll get it done because you you get things done uh, based on your track record. So I, I'm excited to hear you're working on that. I want you to talk a little bit about um, addiction in your life and how that played a role in you at the age of 13, 14, 15, being like 315 pounds. Um, talk about addiction because I think for a lot of people um, that eat, you know, poorly, that's a big part of it. Food addiction. Yeah, well Addiction started earlier in my life, like at birth. So my, my, I don't know if you saw that part of the story. So my grandmother actually adopted me at birth. Mm -hmm. So my birth mother was addicted to crack when she was pregnant with me. So my grandmother stepped in, which I, only reason I'm calling her grandmother now is for the purpose of the story so people can get it. But right. I've never called her grandma a day in my life. It's always been mom because that's who raised me. So addiction has always been a part of my life. Like I, I know I'm heavily addicted to things, even even though I've gotten healthier over the years, I still have addictions that I have to deal with. Um, and I always say this, I said, the government messes up on a lot of things, but the one thing they got right is when they called it the FDA, because food is a drug. It's the most addictive drug you'll ever put in your body. You know, you could, you could not be hungry at all, but let a commercial come across the screen. And, you know, you smell it, and you're not, you're not nowhere around it. Right. That's your kicking in, that's your addiction kicking in. So... Fast forward 13 years, my freshman year in high school at McClure Senior High in Ferguson, I was 315 pounds. I was athletic. I moved a lot, but it was just the food I was eating. You know, like I said, to this day, I think I ate chicken tenders, cereal, soda, and French fries probably three to four times a day. Easily. Easily. And it was just, and my mom, no knock on her, she was doing the best she thought she was doing. You know, she was providing for me. You know, so it's not a knock on a parent. It's just, I think once we understand that we are all addicts to something, mm -hmm. that's when you can actually get better. I think a lot of times we want to we wanna be so perfect that we don't want to understand that there is a flaw or a chink in the armor. And once we, once we discover that and once we acknowledge it, then you can move forward. It's like, you can't overcome your demons if you don't acknowledge the demons. Yeah, yeah. You, some, some you can't bury. You just can't bury them. You got to actually be like, okay, I got this one, but I can, you know what? I can control this. Yeah. It's going to take time. And I think that's what we have to realize too. Like we didn't get to a bad state overnight and it's not going to get out of that overnight. It's got to be a continuous process. And that's, that's overcoming addiction. I don't care what the addiction is, whether it's food or whatever, you have to be willing to do the work. And I think that's what we have to get to the point of where, as long as people understand it's going to be a struggle, it's going to be a little bit uncomfortable, but it can be done. And that's where the film comes in with, I want to show people that you are empowered. And that's why I share my story is, look, I don't want, I don't like talking about, you know, I'm born a crackhead mother and I was 315. Like, I don't do that just because out of joy. I do that because I know I'm not the only one out there. Yeah. And while my story might not be the exact same as somebody, somebody can relate to it and it'll motivate somebody somewhere. So that's why, you know, we share that within the film as well. Yeah, and the, it, people definitely, I think, are inspired when they hear 
all of your story. Um, definitely, you are an inspiration. But so you you go from you know being a teenager. 315, you turn things around, you start to, you know, with physical activity, sports, um, you start eating healthier, you, you know, that you realize that that makes a difference what you eat, you become a vegetarian, then you become a vegan. A lot of people hear that, right? And they're like, oh, I'm not as strong as him. It's just so challenging. But before you talk about, because I do want you to talk about that it really is not that difficult to eat vegan. Um, Talk about why, why people should really switch their diets to a vegan diet, particularly black people, but just for, for people in general. For people in general, um, I just think it's, it's bigger than just the norms or the myths that people put out there. Vegans only care about animals. Uh, vegans are weak. They're dying. I, 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 used to, I used to speak 30 to 40 times a year at different events. And the title of my actual speech used to be vegans aren't filling up hospitals. Like you got to really think about that. If we're only 5% of the population, we're not the ones keeping them in business. Like how we keep like, how's it our fault? Like we're not the ones doing it, you know? And that was like my reality call. Like I, I, I like to come to a place of aha moments. Like I like to give people aha moments when I talk to them. I don't want to, belittle them, talk down to them or anything. I want to be like, no, I want you to sit back and think about things you've done in your life and it just lead to the result you wanted. If it did, more power to you. If it didn't, I want you to really sit and think about what you're doing with your life. So uh, one of the big things I always say when it comes to like human rights, people are like, well, well, vegan, how is that human rights? So one part of the film that we touched based on is we actually went to a hog farm in North Carolina and it's crazy how much one hog farm can affect a five mile radius directly and indirectly just all over. So you gotta think North Carolina has more pigs than it has people hmm. there. More, like just break that down for anybody that right. has more pigs than it has people. And they're not being raised as pets. That is not what they're doing. So, you have to think about this. The hog farm we went to, they have, there's only five covered lagoons in the whole state of uh, North Carolina, but there's hundreds of hog farms. So there's only five of these. This one hog farm we went to had three of the covered lagoons. And I want you to take a wild guess how many pounds each lagoon holds. Just a wild guess. Oh gosh, I don't know. A hundred? That's a good guess. Try six million pounds of hog waste per lagoon. Wow. So you think, who's buying hog waste? Nobody. So what do they have to do with it? They have what they call spray fields. So they spray this hog waste over their fields. All it takes is one gust of wind, which is always going to happen, or it gets into the water supply, or it gets into some people's homes. So within a five-mile radius, they tested random houses around a five mile radius, five miles. Imagine five miles from this hog farm. They all on their walls, their uh, kitchen supplies, their doors, furniture, they all had what? Pig feces on the walls, five miles away. So imagine every time you buy a piece of bacon, what are you supporting? Every time you buy some steak, 
because it, it ain't just happening with the pork. It's happening with, right. with, with the beef. It's happening with the poultry. It's happening with, if people don't even think about like lamb and all these other industries that's out there, all these industries, they're all doing the same thing. Yeah. So when you do that, and we're not even talking about the workers that have to slit these throats every day. The mental anguish that the they mental- have to endure. Yeah. One part we looked at is that, you know, there was actually a, a lot of prison workers that were forced to do this. Oh. So imagine you went in there for a misdemeanor, but now you slitting throats every day. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Imagine, imagine the effect that that would have on you. Because people that eat meat, 98% of them are not trying to kill their own food. Right. No, I mean, I just had a conversation with a woman the other day who was talking about eating a steak. And I, and I was just telling her how most people, they don't want to know how it gets to their plate. They want to just close their eyes. They want to okay pretend. With it. My, kid, my kale got killed. I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah. You know, people, like, people like, oh, man, I don't want to see that. See, that's a problem. If you can't see what happened in that kitchen or before it got to that plate, you shouldn't be eating it. Yeah, and I know some hunters out there that they do all this other stuff. I ain't talking to you. I I wish you wouldn't do it, but that's a whole nother ball game. But it, for all the people, imagine how many lives would be saved, human and four-legged animals, if we literally didn't kill animals just to eat them. Yeah. Imagine, and people are like, oh well, they'll take over the population. I'm like, no, like no, because you're mass poor. producing them. We're the one forcing them. Most animals have what they call heat. Humans are the only ones out here for pleasure, like overpopulating the world. Like we force them to do it. I think it's only like dolphins and, and one other breed of animal that does it for pleasure. Yeah. We're the ones that are making them do it. If we stop, they would stop mass producing. They wouldn't do it as much. And and let's be honest, I don't know about your, your crowd here, so you can beat this out if you want to, but it's okay. Cows ain't out there having no cow orgy. They no. are artificially inseminated oh. by by human hand to even get pregnant. And then when they get pregnant, like a lot of people, and I, I definitely was guilty of this growing up, cows don't just make milk. They have to go through a nine-month pregnancy, have that cow, to be and then that cow is taken away, yeah. and then they take that milk and give it to humans. And guess what cows don't even do? Full-grown cows don't even drink milk. And we yeah. thinking that we still need to drink the milk. Right. It's crazy how we've been lied to and just sold this horrible, horrible lie. And the problem is, just like a relationship we talked about earlier, Yeah. and you in a relationship with a bad person, you don't want to believe the lies. And you know it's a lie, but you're like, I don't want to believe it because I love them. I love them so much, and they would never do this to me. Yeah, they would. 70%. 70% of the human population is lactose intolerant. Right. But yet, the government helps the got milk ads. And they know. They know. Yeah. But there's so many systems in place. So that that's just, I can keep going on and on, on. But yeah, that's just example right there. No, no. And there, like you said, there's so many. Um, but I do want you to talk about, to, to the people that are hearing this, you know, maybe they'll see your movie. Um, and talk to, talk about how, talk to people who feel like it's so hard to eat vegan, right? 
it's so challenging because I have these conversations all the time. What do you say to those people who are like, I would try it, but it's just so hard. It's expensive. It's hard to find the food. It's just, you know what I mean? What, what do you say to those people? I, and I, my biggest question always is, how do you know it's hard? <laughs> yeah. how, you, how do you know? Like, where are you getting your info from? You got your info from somebody that tried it and quit? You're getting your info from somebody that never tried it themselves, but just say it's bad. It's so many different aspects of where you're getting the info from. Have you tried it? And if you have tried it, did you try it the right way? You know, I can I can go vegan and eat junk food all day too. And I'm gonna be like, well, I didn't lose weight and I didn't I didn't get healthier. You know, I still had this access of this and that. It's like, yeah, because you were still eating, you know, 85, you know, 120 grams of fat a day. Yeah. You know, like just because it's vegan don't mean it's healthy. That's yeah. what I try to tell people. You know, if you're if you're doing it to really try to heal yourself, then that's when you have to really like take a step back. And that's when, you know, it's just so many myths out there because I was giving an example yesterday on live action. I said, if you were to take a a steak that a person could eat for one night, I guarantee you I could feed a family for a week for the same price as the steak. I can get I can get in bulk, I can get rice, I can get beans, I can get frozen fruit, frozen vegetables that have the same nutrients as fresh. Yeah. They're frozen at the time of being picked, so they're cheaper. You know, I can do all that. And I can feed us for a week for your one steak. And you're gonna get all your nutrients, you're gonna get all everything in there, you're gonna be satisfied. You're actually gonna be more full than you would with that steak. But it's such a myth out there. Yeah. And and if people would understand how like the government subsidized the meat industry, the reason why, it, you know, if that steak was really the price it should be, you could feed a family for a month almost. Yeah. But we I think veganism has got a bad rap because of all the processed stuff that's out there. Yeah. Which you have to be honest with yourself. It once you involve somebody else's hand in your in the making of whatever you're using, whether it's your car, your house, your whatever, you gotta pay somebody for it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it it we could all build a car if we wanted to. Now it's gonna take us a while and it might not run the way we want to. It's just like you're paying a chef to make that food or whatever the case is. So I just think people need to take a step back and realize like fundamentally it's cheaper, it's more healthy. And when I'm talking about people of color here, going vegan is not the hardest damn thing you ever done in your life. You'd have been through way worse <laughs> than cutting out some meat and dairy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That that's that's just being being black in America is not veganism ain't high on the list of dangers. Yeah. <laughs> like, Absolutely. And I not, love the fact that you're a health and fitness expert and that, you know, because a lot of people uh feel like they can't build muscle, right? And where do you get the protein from? They don't think that do ve- they think vegans are all these scrawny little people who have no strength. Right. Um, but that is not the case. Yeah, I mean, there's some out there. Much love to them, too. Much love to our skinny, scrawny vegans hugging trees. You know, I might hug a tree every now and then myself. Like, it happens. But that's not the case. Like, I, I have a lot of friends within, you know, the movement that are health-oriented and, and, and it shows that it can be done. When I went vegan, I didn't even think about, oh, how much protein I need. In fact, I, I just got off the phone before uh, getting on the, the call with you with my book agent. And like, that was a big thing is, is the food that we're going to introduce is like, I'm not one that is like, oh, you need, you know, 130 grams of protein and this and that. 
that protein myth really came along with the whole bodybuilding industry, you know, like trying to look like Lou Ferrigno and, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and stuff like that. You know how many people will never see a stage like that? Yeah. And you can still get as toned as you want, as big as you want. It's just the, the process. I, I, a lot of people don't like to admit this, but meat has some great short-term benefits. But guess what the long-term benefits are? Hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's like, oh, you got some good short-term benefits. Cool. Right. The long run, now what are we talking about? You know what I'm saying? What is it doing to you, your system, your, your, your mentality, your, your, whole, your whole system? It just it tears it apart. Yeah. And people don't want to talk about that. But, you know, it, it's, that's one of the things, like, health and fitness-wise, even if you want to be a supermodel, or a super athlete, you can still be in a good shape with this yeah. um, and, and be healthy. Minus the aches and pains that comes with meat and dairy, the inflammation and all of that stuff. I, I mean, the same as I did when I was 20. And, and yeah. I, I had somebody, I actually stopped playing basketball like three years ago. I was just like, you know what? I just, my time's over. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> When I was playing, I actually went uh, L.A. before the whole, you know, pandemic hit. I was in L.A. with my best friend who was in Ferguson with me as well. We grew up together. And he's vegan now, too, funny, in film. We never talked about film growing up or veganism. It's just wild how it happened. And we played ball. And I, I had some people, like, walk up to me afterwards. They're like, man, what school you play for? I was like, <laughs> like man, I'm 42, man. They're like, no, no way. I'm like. Yeah, I'm 42. I ain't even go into the whole vegan thing because I knew that was just go like that. <laughs> <laughs> you should have. I know, I know, I know, I know. I started too, and I was like, you know what? Like, cause I, I was actually, I was still tired. I, I played good, but I ain't gonna lie, I hadn't played in like a year and a half. I was exhausted. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. No, man, I'm, I'm old, man. But um, you know, I just it it it's amazing to me that I can still work out the same as I did then and recover just as great as I did yeah and you know people always like well, well how do you hold on to your muscle without a lot of protein I said there's so much miseducation out there because protein does not build muscle it mm -hmm. doesn't build muscle protein repairs muscle mm -hmm. so if you're not breaking your muscle down in the first place why are you trying to take all this muscle you got people that are trying to take you know all these protein shakes and I own a protein shake company I was gonna I mean, say. <laughs> And I'm like, you don't have to take protein shakes. It's a convenient thing and it tastes good. I'm probably one of the only owners that will ever say that out loud because <laughs> I'm all about helping people. It's like, no, like you don't have to take that. Um, but for instance, like you don't need all this protein that you think you need. You need protein, but you don't need 120 grams. You got five foot two women that weigh 110 pounds and they're trying to take 200 grams of protein a day. Yeah. It's like you don't need that. You don't need that. You need your fiber. You need your amino acids. Most people that talk so much about, you know, protein don't even understand that it's not, it's made up of non-essential amino acids, which if you eat that throughout the day, you can get your complete protein there. Right. And they don't even understand. They can't even, and they can't even name you one amino acid. But they're like, you better get your protein. It's like, all right, well, name me an amino acid. But it's the brainwashing that's happened since we were young. The food pyramid, you know, all of that. Yeah. It, I was, it's I was a butcher at one point in my life. Like, I tell people, I'm honest. I was a butcher. I was literally a butcher. In fact, you that's were? Yes. 
Oh, I didn't know that. That same best friend that I talk about. Yeah. yeah. Now he was a butcher with me. He got me the job at the store. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. 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 That's something. And that's why I try to tell people, and that's why I like to share my story, because I'm like, no matter where you came from, that does not mean you cannot turn it around. Like, yeah. no matter what the beginning was, the ending's up to you. Yeah. You know? And that's yeah. what we have to get to. Well, listen, I, I could talk to you forever, um, Mr. Lewis, but I, I have to, but before we uh, part ways, before we end this, I do want to um, just point people to you know, your social media, website, all of that, Mr. Badass Vegan, where did that name come from? I think Vegan Sexy Cool and Badass Vegan, I think we chose the names for the same reason, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that, well, my mom was calling me Badass pretty much the whole first part of my life, so that, that kind of fit already. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, because my mom was like, where do you get that language from? I'm like, Mom, you, you cursed me out like half my, my, <laughs> my growing up. I, I earned it. Right. Like you just randomly did it, but I earned it. And then um, the name came about actually because uh, I'm not sure if you remember the P90X workout video. Yeah. So that's how I got started in the fitness industry. I did the actual program and a friend of mine was like, man, you got to show your, uh, your results to the team. I was like, I don't even know the team. He's like, I know them. And I'm a big critic on myself. And I was like, I don't think so, bro. Don't worry about it. And he secretly sent them in on his own. And I got I got an email from the company. It was like, hey, we would love to use you in these commercials and these ads and uh, make you one of the faces. And I'm like, wow, okay, let's do it. And then as time went on, people found out I was vegan. And, you know, going to school for marketing, getting my master's in business as well, I, I came to the point, I was like, man, I want to start my own thing. And I didn't want to compete with P90X because... They were, <laughs> yeah, 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 I mean, they, they were, whole, like, a lot of people don't even realize how successful that was. It's like, if you do the math, I think they sold 30 million copies. I have it. <laughs> at $120 a piece, that's a lot of money. Yeah. I, mean, I don't want to compete with that. And I was training for my half marathons at the time, and I was out running. And I tell people all the time, that's where I do a lot of my ideas. It's like, if I'm working out, running, yoga, whatever it is, it's some kind of physical activity. And I was like, you got to start this company. I'm not afraid to talk to myself. I just don't have dialogue with myself. I don't go back and forth, but I, you know, say that. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I literally said, I was like, badass vegan. I was like, hmm. I was like, all right. I came back home from that run, got on GoDaddy. It was available. That was it. And, and badass vegan was meant to be like a Facebook page for vegans. Yeah, I heard that somewhere. I think that's genius. Yeah, that's what it was for. And then I was broke. So it never actually, I didn't realize what all went into that, you know, the money that, you know. The, and people just started to find out that I was the person behind Badass Vegan. And then it just became about me. But it was supposed to be this cool, sexy, you know, anybody could be badass. You know, we can go concerts, we can go travel, we can go yeah. eat, we can fashion, music what every everything i wanted to encompass everything and we weren't the skinny you know frail uh vegans no knock against them again but i was just trying to show another side to it because i think a lot of people besides the food i think a lot of people think going vegan is like oh i'm gonna lose my cool i'm gonna lose my identity yeah like, no, no, you keep that like I, I i still like to go to concerts i still like to go to this this and that go out to eat 
have fun, dress fashionably. I just don't want to wear any animal. I don't want to kill anything that needs to be killed for it. So, yeah. and that's where it came from. So yeah, like the same premise, you know, just being sexy and cool. I love that. Yep, same. That's why I want people to know, you know, you can be everything you want to be still out there enjoying life, thriving in life, you know, looking fly and all that kind of stuff and be vegan. I'm, I'm sexy and cool. I'm just saying it can be sexy. <laughs> I don't know about y'all like this dude think he's sexy and cool. I oh, am. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> I am. No, I, I mean, but yeah, it's just like that's, you know, I'm putting together a, a fashion ebook now. It's just like I want people, I'm, I really want people to lean into this and I particularly want black people um, to lean into it because they definitely feel like this is something for white people. And that's why I get so excited when I hear about people like you and I see all the work that you're doing because I think that you're such an inspiration for so many reasons, but particularly for people who are kind of flirting with going vegan or just want to live a better life. Right. You know what I mean? And, and helping to convince people that who may not even realize that they could be living a better life by yeah. doing this. I think the work that you do is really, really important. And I didn't even mention the fact that you're a motivational speaker on top of everything else. You I were I, I, a little bit like that's where that's where most of my travel was from. Was yeah. The speeches life. that you were given. Right. And I, and I get to like I get to meet people in person that I've been able to, you know, touch through my words on Instagram and like I and I guess in one of the closing things I n never stopped doing it because I never forget I was at an event in LA I was at this vegan event and this lady was waiting to take a picture of me it was a line we we're waiting and she walked up to me and she said I just want to let you know that your words are so inspirational to me I have this board and like the midnight motivations that you do the ones that really get me I'll pin those up and I'm like, oh, man, thank you so much, you know. And then she goes, but I have to let you know. She's like, if I ever saw you in person, I was going to let you know that you actually saved my life one night. She said, I was literally about to commit suicide that night. And you wow. made a post that said, your, your life is worth it. And you mean something to somebody. And it was basically, and she was like, that's all I need to see. And I was like, mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm crying in the middle yeah. of this, this. I'm like, I'm badass vegan. I'm supposed to be this tough dude. I'm yeah. like, you got me over here crying. Like, and that, but that let me know that like, and this goes for anybody, like you might not see your seed grow. Your job is just to plant the seed and keep moving. Mm -hmm. Like, I think a lot of times our ego kicks in as humans and we want to be the one to plant the seed, water the seed, cultivate the seed, prune the seed. We want to do everything. And then, and then, when, it's, then when it comes out, we want to be like, I did that. It's like, no, that's not our job. Yeah. You know, we might be the one to water somebody else's seed for them. Somebody else might have planted the seed for something good, and we're the one that kind of pushes them a little bit more, but then we still got to pass them on to somebody else. And that's where I got that from, like, man, we never know what good we do. Our job is to just keep doing good. Yeah. And, and, and that's, where, that's where my motivational speaking comes from, just keep going, keep going, keep going, and just help as many people as I can. And if that yeah. pisses somebody off, oh, well. <laughs> you going to do. I mean... And, and knowing that, you know, even that you, knowing that you helped that one woman, right, that you, your words, you know, in that moment saved her life. I mean, wow, that, that's powerful, you know. Yeah, every time I mention the story, I still get the same chill. Yeah. Same chill, like, it's like, that's, that's powerful. I mean, you posted something recently. It was one of your, your midnight, um, you got a midnight motivation posts. Motivation. Um, 
And it was something about making mistakes. It was just maybe like five posts ago. And that oh, yeah. was, do you know and what I mean? Like, I, I know y'all think I got it all together. Yes. Far from it. Like I, I mess up all the time. I wake up, I think I got it right, I do it wrong, but I said, I guarantee you, I'm still gonna wake up every day and I'm gonna do my hardest to still do good. You know what I'm saying? And you can bet on that. And, it, and that's the truth. Like, I think everybody wanna be so perfect. Like, you gonna mess up. And I think that's one of our biggest stressors is that we, we, we wanna be so perfect that when we do mess up, it just throws everything out of whack. Yes. You know, it's like, no, no, no. Understand that you're gonna have flaws, you're gonna mess up. And you could either treat it as a loss or a lesson. Yeah. I, I I prefer a lesson. Now I'm not saying I never dwell on anything, but I don't I don't let it linger. Like something's messed up. Okay, how do I improve this now? Now let's move on. Yeah. You know what I'm I can get mad, I can get upset, but I can use that anger towards progression. Yeah. I man, let me tell you, I needed that when I read it. I was like, yes, yes. I mean, I love, you know, and I just want people to know to follow you on social media, you know, because it's so inspiring, but everything that you do, how can we support the movie? What can we do? Um, well, talk about it. <laughs> get, okay. you know, get everybody to go see, it, uh, well, whatever streaming that ends up being, uh, we don't know yet. We're still Netflix, working. Netflix, Netflix. I know we, you know, we're thinking that because that's just the biggest one. Like everybody wants to, if you think about it, they even got their button on remote controls now. Like never, everybody has a Netflix subscription. Um, yeah. You know, that, that's the biggest thing, but uh, you know, it, yeah, we got to recoup the money we spent on it, but at the same time, it's about reaching people. The more yeah. people we can reach, the better. And if Netflix is that one, then so be it. If it's Apple TV, so be it. If it's Hulu, HBO, CBS, I don't care. Whoever whoever say, we're going to take this film and we're going to put it in front of everybody. Yeah. So, you know, that's, that's the biggest thing. Because I, I truly believe it's going to help so many people. Yeah. I think so too. I think it, it's powerful just based on what I've seen of it. And I'm excited to see the entire film. Yeah. yeah. So, thank you. Well, John, thank you so much for being on the podcast. I really appreciate your time. Um, and I, I'm sure I will be inviting you back and I hope you'll, you know, once the film comes out and just, you know, just. By that time, it might be in person. Who knows? I know. Oh my God. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be, I just. We just found out at my job that we're not going to go back to 30 Rock until, well, at least for the rest of this year. And they'll reassess in January 2021 to see if we'll be coming back into the building then. How crazy is that? That's, yeah. But, you know, I, and that's why anybody listening to this and watching, I, I keep telling people, like, you have to be willing to adapt. I, I understand that everybody, you know, we, we're stuck in our ways. That's what humans do. Yeah. But as as animals on this planet earth that's the only way that animals survive you have to adapt yeah the, the earth wasn't made for us and sometimes it don't go our way yeah you know what i'm saying like we gotta adapt and then you know when it's all said and done then we come out on the other end and be like man remember when that happened that was crazy but you gotta be here you gotta be around in order to tell that story yeah so yeah. we need to be safe and do what we gotta do you know until we get there True. Very true. And a lot of people need to hear exactly that. John, yeah. thank you so much for being on the Vegan Sexy Cool Podcast. I appreciate you. Thank you again. Appreciate it.
Thank you all again for tuning in to the Vegan Sexy Cool podcast. I want to thank my guest, John Lewis. Please follow him at Badass Vegan on all social media platforms. If you like what you heard here today, please leave a comment and subscribe so you can be sure to catch more of the great guests that I have lined up for you. And there's some good ones coming up soon. Also, if you want to know more about the vegan lifestyle, be sure to head over to my website, vegansexycool.com. And be sure to follow me on all social media platforms. Until next time, everybody, stay safe and stay sane.